0: So, welcome to Words in Season. My name is Kara Marie Morris, and I am excited to have you on the episode with me today. And we also have a special guest today, Mr. Ian Brown. He is the host of the Bible School podcast, and he has been on my podcast before. Is this your first time, or, your... or is this your second time, or third time that we've done a podcast together? Uh, third what's... time,
1: it's the third time we did uh, one on yours and one on mine and this yeah. will be my second appearance on yours so three total together
0: well welcome back Ian. it's been a minute
1: it has it's good to be here
0: i asked ian to come and just kind of give his personal testimony about his experience with the person of the holy spirit so this past couple of episodes that we've been talking about i had it on my heart to start a um a series about salvation about who is god who is jesus and who is the person of the holy spirit so the person of the holy spirit is an incredibly important part of the trinity i mean i guess there's not an unimportant part right there's they're all extremely important and we experience them in different ways and so i wanted ian to come and to uh, talk about his experience with the Holy Spirit. So the the very last episode that we did, we talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And one of those manifestations of being filled with the Holy Spirit is being able to speak in other tongues. So Ian grew up in church in a charismatic uh, Pentecostal-ish church, right? And
1: yeah.
0: So... 100%. Uh, 100%. So I feel like that and it's so funny there's different songs that they play at church every once in a while some oldies and it's like if you know if you hear a ron cannoli song first of all if you know who ron cannoli is Mm -hmm. then you know we had a similar upbringing right there absolutely
1: (laughs) and i definitely know who ron cannoli is
0: you i know we we were rocking out at church the other day and they, they brought him back so it was it was a lot of fun So, Ian, can you kind of just tell us about, you know, how did you get saved? Were you a young kid? And then how did you get filled with the Holy Spirit? Just kind of take us back in history.
1: Yeah. So, um, my uh, grandfather, my grandparents were pastors. My grandfather was uh, a preacher from the time he was a a teenager. Uh, He started preaching in his late teens. And, uh, he was an evangelist with um, a Pentecostal denomination called the Church of God. So hmm. uh, my, my grandfather um, was an evangelist with that denomination. So, um, of course, uh, I grew up under that influence. Uh, he eventually switched over uh, to the Assemblies of God uh, whenever I was alive. But uh, those Pentecostal roots, uh, they go deep in my family. So... Yeah. um He was my pastor from the time I was uh, born. Um, I was born literally probably the next Sunday after I was born. I was at church uh, (laughs) because we also lived in a parsonage at the time. I don't know if a lot of people remember what parsonages are, but a parsonage was where the pastor and his family lived. And it was on the property of the church. So I grew up in one of those. Wow! Though, um, I good. didn't
0: realize you were like really a church kid. Oh,
1: a hundred percent! Wow! Yeah, is this in Hawaii? Yeah, this was back all in Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, back on okay. Maui. Okay. Yeah, so uh, church kid roots, Pentecostal roots. Uh, so, do you remember
0: being born again? Were you in? Remember that, or was it just you were so young?
1: Yeah, um, I always. You Know, I was always in church. I don't remember the first time that I ever said a, a quote unquote salvation prayer, uh, but I do remember the first time I ever meant a salvation prayer. And uh, I was about 10 years yeah. old, I was in um, I was in children's church, I was in kids' church. Yep, yeah. I remember there there was a puppet show,
0: yes,
1: uh, we kind of laugh at them yep. as adults, but hey, I mean, you got to know your audience.
0: Here we are today. Yeah, here we are
1: today, you know what I mean? Uh, So I was about 9, 10, 11 in that age range whenever I really knew what I was saying. And uh, it was a few years later uh, where I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was uh, in the eighth grade whenever I received Mm -hmm. the baptism. I was at a youth camp. Yeah, I was at a youth camp, and um, of course I had uh, been in church, as we talked about, and I wasn't a stranger to, uh, you know, Pentecostal experiences. Um, My mom would speak in tongues, pray in tongues, pray in the Spirit uh, around the house. Of course, being in church, uh, singing in the Spirit was not uncommon, Um, you know along with what you normally think about when you think about like a pentecostal church service we had some shouting and some dancing in our day um so i wasn't i yeah. wasn't a stranger to it uh but it was not something that i had actually experienced for myself and yeah um uh, you know if you listen to my podcast uh i'm a pretty intellectual guy so you know, I was always I was always like more of an observer when it comes to things yeah. like that.
0: That's not shocking right. to me. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I was an, I was always an observer and um I was always uh content to observe. And I remember being at this youth camp and I was doing what I do. I was observing and um you know, people were having these experiences with God, people were worshiping, people were uh, weeping on the floor, other youth, you know, they were just having these amazing, um, mystical, charismatic experiences with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, I was just sitting down and I was just taking it all in, like trying to figure it all out. And, uh, I remember, uh, the, one of the, the youth leaders, uh, came up to me and was just real casual. And it was like, Hey, this is pretty cool. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm a quiet kid, and I'm like, yeah, sure, it's it's awesome, yeah. And he asked me like, you want to be filled with the spirit? And I was like,
0: how sure?
1: I I don't. I'm open to it. I don't. I'm like, I wasn't trying to, I wasn't seeking it out, but I wasn't opposed to it. So I just said yeah. sure. And he said, okay, I'm gonna lay hands on you. And uh, he told me that he was gonna pray a prayer, and he was gonna ask the father to fill me with the Holy Spirit and when he did that I was going to have some words that weren't English pop into my head and that mm-hmm. was going to be the gift of tongues and that I should just start speaking it and uh, it took me a while because I was like this is nonsense
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely like, it,
1: it, it, seriously um, he laid hands on me um, he prayed the uh, prayer. He asked the Father to fill me with the Spirit, and uh, when he did that, I, I felt this like amazing warmth. People talk about this a lot when they have experiences with the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. They, they say that they feel like this warmth, this burning sensation uh, on their body, um, coming up out of them, and and I felt that. I felt like this this warm sensation come over me and like it it was amazing it was uh an experience with the presence of god that i had never felt up to that point and i've only felt it that powerfully a few times since then but Mm. but it, it was it was very remarkable uh however you know the, the soul, the, the mind, the will and the emotions. They they kinda get in the way sometimes. So yeah. you know, I'm having this inner battle with like my spirit wanting to yield to the Holy Spirit, but my soul and my body being like, no, you don't wanna sound like an idiot, do you?
0: <laughs> this is gonna be weird. You're everyone's gonna think you're right. weird. Everyone's even though everyone's gonna think
1: you're so weird. Meanwhile everyone around you is literally doing it. Yeah. Exactly. So you know you got to you got to put the flesh out of the way and um, thankfully the that youth leader he was patient and he was patient but he was firm and he, he didn't let up and eventually i just opened my mouth and as soon as i opened my mouth without intending to even say anything like words just came out and i was i was speaking in a heavenly language
0: amen i i just being able to speak in other tongues. I mean, there's so many benefits and I covered that in the episode, in another episode about the benefits of speaking in tongues. And just, it's its fascinating to me how there's so much controversy over it and there's so much debate and so much division over it. But once you experience it and once you experience the Holy Spirit in this way, it's undeniable, like you said. I mean, you were in eighth grade; that was like what fifteen years ago, um, yeah, and it was close. It was can... about
1: thirteen years ago. Yeah.
0: yeah, you can still remember the power and what you sensed and that experience because you know it's such a it was such a encounter with the power of God. I, I, I love that. So it's like once you experience being able to speak in tongues, and once you experience the Holy Spirit in this way. You can't talk. You can't talk somebody out of it. No,
1: absolutely not.
0: So, yeah. So I I wanted you to kind of share how you experience the Holy Spirit, and I love actually you're the perfect person to come on this podcast and describe it because in my mind, you know, a lot of people have the same questions as you, or the same. You know, you're divided between so on. You don't want to feel like you're being weird, or like you want other people to hear you. But you went ahead and yielded to the Holy Spirit, whereas me, I kind of have a different experience. When I was younger, being able—I don't even remember a time when I wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. I remember even as a young kid being in my—I loved my treehouse in in the backyard of my parents' house, and I just remember being there and literally at the top of my lungs. Just praying in the spirit, speaking in tongues or singing in the spirit. And Ian, this is hilarious. This shows you what kind of kid, what kind of upbringing I had. I was praying in the spirit or singing in tongues so loud. And I thought if I sang loud enough, then maybe TBN would pick up my voice.
1: That is amazing.
0: (laughs) And then I would be able to be on TBN. Right, the dream. (laughs) That was like, what? Amazing and so you know it's hard it was hard for me to kind of relate with people who hadn't been filled with the holy spirit or how you even explain it to people until i got older and i was probably in my teens the first time i ever saw someone get filled with the holy spirit it was at like a women's bible study at my home church and i mean i remember because growing up we People always thought we were weird. My little sister brought a friend to church and she literally called her mom, like during the service because she was like, mom, these people are weird. Come pick (laughs) me up. And so, you know, we were always kind of considered like the cult church, even though people saw the fruit of our church as being like loving and kind and everything like that. But this element of the Holy Spirit, it was like taboo. Like what is happening? so we you know growing up you know it was normal for us to be able to go to intercessory prayer nights and everything like that like that was completely normal but it wasn't until i came to bible school that i really knew that the gifts of the spirit were something different i had never Heard. I mean, maybe I did and I just wasn't paying attention. That's extremely possible that my (laughs) pastors, I don't want to say, I don't want to say my pastors.
1: um, (laughs) No,
0: no, I don't want to say my pastors never taught on it or I never learned about it in my home church before Bible school. But if they did, I don't remember it because, you know, there was definitely a time in my life where I was like, not that I didn't believe that God was real or that in my heart that I knew that Jesus was God or that the Holy Spirit was real I knew all those things but I just wasn't interested in it and you know I just wanted to live my own life do my own thing so then fast forward you know 10 years later and now I've gone to Bible school and I can look back and think wow I didn't even know when I came to when I came to go to Bible school, when I came to Broken Arrow to go to Bible school, I didn't even know what the gifts of the Spirit were. I didn't know that there was a difference between that and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so that's what I one of the reasons why I wanted to have Ian on this podcast is because he is very eloquent in the word and the way he (laughs) speaks about the word. So I feel like i can tell you stories and i can give you examples and i feel like ian can help me kind of break it down and we we're talking about already you know going at some point in our podcasting career that we're gonna we're gonna do a podcast together where we break these down even more so um yeah and do you want to kind of tell us what the the gifts of the spirit just generally what what they are
1: um yeah the the gifts of the spirit um Well, when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, there's there's going to be a few um, main texts uh, in Scripture that talk about them, that list them, actually. Um, Ephesians 4, uh, a lot of people in our circles are going to, they would label that as ministry gifts, but they are gifts that come, you know, from God, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. Those are ministry gifts. Those are spiritual gifts um, that's kind of on the periphery. But the the main two are going to be found in Romans 12 and uh, 1 Corinthians 12. And uh, of those two, when we think about spiritual gifts or the gifts of the spirit, uh, most people are going to go to 1 Corinthians 12 for that.
0: Right. Right. So we can go there and, um, do you, do you happen to have the ESV handy for you?
1: Uh, yeah, I do.
0: Yeah. If you want to read like, you know, maybe one through, I mean, it's going to be a little bit lengthy, but I think it's worth, worth listening to for sure. So we can explain it. So, you know, one through 12 or something like that. Or, Whatever you yeah, feel. sure.
1: So, um, actually, there, there's two lists in First Corinthians 12, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go ahead and read them here. Uh, so we'll start in verse yeah. 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except to another gifts of healings by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now that is gonna be um, the main text that people will go to when they think about the gifts of the Spirit. And in Pentecostal theology, we traditionally divide those into uh, three different categories, um, revelation, power, and utterance, or vocal. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I'm not sure who originally uh, taught that. I think it was How- uh, Howard Carter Um I'm not sure if it's yeah. original to howard carter um those those distinctions but i he at least popularized it in his in right his teaching um but
0: that's that's where i heard it that's the first person i heard mention yeah. it or obviously i didn't hear him say it because he's long, not long on earth Yes, <laughs> <been>, he's
1: <laughs> yeah. by that time
0: <laughs> it was accredited to him as saying yes, that
1: yeah. yes yes uh However, you know, there's another list at the end of this chapter, um, starting in verse 28. Well, actually, we'll, we'll start in verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, Paul goes on, and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts? So, you know, this, the gifts of the Spirit, the spiritual gifts, they, they range from everything from uh, prophecy to uh, administration to just helping out yeah. to, you know, speaking in an unknown tongue and interpreting it like there's such a wide variety within the gifts of the spirit
0: yeah and I love you know after just kind of studying it even refreshing myself that's kind of what I've been reading after and studying in different ways this past year verse 31 you know sticking out to me but earnestly desire and cultivate this is out of the amplified, but earnestly desire and zealously cultivate the greatest and best gifts and grace or graces, the higher gifts and the choicest graces. And yet I will still show you a more excellent way, the highest and far above them is love. Yes. So we're supposed to desire it. And I feel like, you know, after studying it and listening to some different um godly, you know, men that I respect and honor. It's interesting. These people they were teaching at different time areas and at different times and they would not necessarily have crossed paths when they were talking about it but the thing that they talked about that brings to pass anything of the spirit and um, of course it is as the spirit wills but the number one thing is desire yes. you know wanting it and first of all to be able to have that desire you have to not be ignorant of what they are and because it's something that the bible talks about but i mean i don't hear about it every day you have to like go in the word to search it out and dig it out and purposely find it because otherwise this can just be lost yeah
1: yeah and i think um you know it's not an accident that uh first corinthians 13 is uh sandwiched in between first oh, yeah. corinthians 12 and 14 you know paul's uh, famous poem about love you know because first corinthians 12 we, we read a large swath of it um just a second ago uh talking about the spiritual gifts uh, what the gifts of the holy spirit are first corinthians uh 14 talking about uh, the nature of prophecy, um, the nature of tongues and interpretation, how the gifts should be uh, administered within the context of a church service, um, you know, keeping things in order. And in between these two right. chapters is 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. You know, the, the gifts of the Spirit need to be rooted in a, a theology of love. Otherwise, you know, as 1 Corinthians 13 starts off, we're just the clanging on were a, a banging symbol. You know. Yeah. Like love it it, it all it all comes down to love. Love it all comes out of love.
0: It's so true. That makes me think of one of the things that I wanted to mention and that I didn't necessarily realize until I was older, or matured more in the Lord, still maturing obviously, but um Was that just because you have these gifts in manifestation in your life doesn't necessarily equate spiritual maturity.
1: Absolutely not. So, I mean, just read read through the the whole epistle of 1 Corinthians. You You know, you go back to earlier in the letter, and Paul is talking about how, you know, every time you get together, someone's got a word. You know, someone has a prophecy. Mm-hmm. Someone has a tongue. Someone has an interpretation. The gifts were in manifestation regularly in their assemblies. Yeah. But he also called them the most carnal people he's ever met. <laughs> I mean, th- this was the church that was getting drunk off the communion wine, basically. So yeah. you know, just because. Uh,
0: so, so there's there hope, hope for us. For us. The there is what hope for saying. us. If there was yes. hope for the Corinthians, there's
1: hope for us. <laughs>
0: that's right that's right Uh, yeah so just
1: because um, you know someone might be operating in a gift uh, yeah that is not a marker of spiritual maturity
0: no and that's why it's so important these gifts for the Holy Spirit to really manifest in the way that he wants to it has to be in love and it has to be in unity because it's one spirit it's the same spirit and it's like it may you know how it talks about in Acts when they were all in one accord and they were waiting for this holy spirit that jesus talked about you know they were all they're all on the same page they were waiting on what jesus told them to wait on and that is what brought to pass that beautiful unity that ended up leading them to be filled with the holy spirit so that kind of leads us to the next question that I have for you, Ian, that I was curious about what you thought and as you've studied. So why do you think that the gifts of the spirit are so controversial in Christian circles? If we're supposed to be, you know, all operating from this from the same spirit and one spirit as the body of Christ, why do you think that these are so controversial to some people?
1: Um, yeah. Well, before... We really get into that. Um, I would like to make a distinction between what we would call uh, the indwelling of the Spirit and the infilling of the Spirit. Uh, we would say that mm-hmm. the Spirit indwells all believers, anyone who comes to Christ in faith and in repentance, who believes uh, in Christ and confesses Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They have the Spirit, the Spirit indwells Absolutely. them. They're not any. Uh, less of a Christian um, for maybe not being baptized and having the experience of that initial evidence of speaking in tongues. Uh, yeah. So I, I just want to say that. Uh, however, there are yeah. a uh, lot of um, good Christians, people who love Jesus, people who love God, people who are uh, committed to um, to to the Lord, who. Uh, don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Um, They don't believe that they are for today. Obviously, they do believe in them. They just believe that they're not for Mm. this present time in which we live. And so uh, the two theological terms I'm going to throw out there for this episode that you need to know are going to be um, cessationist and continuationist. So uh, cessationist, those would be the Christians who uh, believe that the gifts have ceased being in operation in this present age. And continuationists, such as you and I, obviously believe that the gifts continue. So um, I really think from my conversations, from my readings, just from uh, what I've studied, the, the. I really think it's just a misinterpretation of um, of the book of Acts, of Acts 2, where the Holy Spirit comes. Because, you know, Peter uh, gets up after the Holy Spirit comes on the 120 in the upper room. He starts preaching and he says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, yeah. your sons and your daughters will prophesy, you know, the whole bit. Um, so, I really think it's a misinterpretation of that phrase, the last days. So, I think mm. that, um, and again, I'm broad stroking here, th- this is not the only argument, but this seems to be the main argument that I come across uh, when people object to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They believe that the last days were the last days, seemingly of the first century. So as the apostles died out, the gifts died out with them, they would say that uh, the gifts of the Spirit were given, uh, you know, they were in manifestation and in operation in the ministry of Jesus, and they were in manifestation and operation in the ministry of the original apostles. Um, and they were in manifestation at that time to confirm the gospel, to confirm the word, which Jesus talks about in Mark, uh, the the final chapter of Mark, the gospel of Mark. You know, Jesus says, you know, these signs will follow. So, you know, they would agree with that, but they would say, you know, the, the job was done. The gospel was confirmed as true with these gifts of the Spirit being in operation in the ministry of the apostles. But as the apostles died out, the gifts died out with them because the word had been confirmed. And now the canon of Scripture is closed. So we have the Bible. And the main objection seems to be that the that the, because the canon of Scripture is closed, you know, we're not adding anything new into the Bible. And uh, to them say the gift of prophecy would undermine the authority and the finality of scripture. Oh. So that seems to be the main objection. Of course, uh, we would say, you know, that is incorrect, that uh, prophecy is for today, but it is not on the same level as scripture. It's, uh, we, we would submit any word of prophecy
0: that's right if it's not yeah. in line with the word I mean any any quote unquote operation of the gift you know somebody may prophesy or say something or you know explain an experience that they had but if it's um, I heard uh, Lester Summerall he said if your experience is alien to the word of God then throw Absolutely. it out you know what we have, it's such a firm foundation to know that if we see it in the Bible, then it's something that we can have for us. And I, I, something else I was thinking about while you're talking about is, you know, that these Corinthians and the gifts of the spirit, they were operating not necessarily through the fivefold ministry gifts. You know, the gifts of the spirit are supposed to flow through every believer. And that's something that I, I, didn't really understand either until, you know, just having more more experiences and understanding of the word that these are supposed to be signs to the unbeliever that, you know, the power to be able for them to experience the power of God, to bring them to salvation um, and for the believer to bring encouragement.
1: Yeah. I mean, going back to um, Peter's sermon there in Acts two, as he quotes the prophet Joel uh, your sons and daughters will prophesy yeah. you know your young men will have visions uh, you know the whole the whole passage there like it, it it's gonna the, the spirit's gonna be poured out on all flesh is what the scripture says so not just yeah. not just the pastor not just the, the preacher but all flesh and you know just to uh to clarify like when Peter says, you know, that this is the last days there in Acts 2. Like, the, the last days is, is not the last days of the first century. Um, but the last days didn't yeah. just start either. Like, the last days didn't start when, you know, the, the Holy Spirit came down upon those people at, at Azusa Street and they began speaking in tongues. Like, the last days is the period of time from when Jesus ascended into heaven and it'll continue until he comes back down to earth. And between the time that Jesus ascended into heaven and between his second coming, the gifts of the spirit will be in operation and in manifestation so long as people are yielded and willing to be used and desiring them.
0: Yeah, and desiring them there's the unity in the body and operating in them in love you know having that corporate desire you know i've been recently reading a book about worship and in in it they it's called um uh, what is it called the air i breathe by it's by louis giglio and he just talks about how worship you know and corporate worship It's not supposed to be like we just, you know, waddle into church on Sunday morning, but it's supposed to be a celebration of our journey with the Lord the whole week so that when we come together, it's like this powerful thing and that we're desiring the same thing and we want the same thing. And, um, you know, I'm excited for that. I believe that's going to happen in our lifetime, that we are going to come into the church, come into a corporate worship service where everyone is desiring to see the gifts of the Spirit move, not just for their own personal gain, but for ultimately to see people saved, to see the sinner come to Jesus. I mean, that's really the ultimate goal of any gift, generally, that is from the Lord. So, yeah,
1: I mean, that is the ultimate gift, right? The gift of the free gift of salvation.
0: Amen. So, Ian, one more question before we go today. Um, so, do you think that these gifts are necessary to Christianity today? Or is it something that's kind of like, you can leave it off? Like, it's not, you know, a main issue. Because it's something that it's not really talked about. So, is it, is it necessary um, or is it not? I
1: mean, I think it, it goes beyond being necessary. I think it should be normal. I think it should be normal. Yeah.
0: Amen. That's good. Um,
1: I mean, let me, I'm already here. Let me just, let me just read from uh, Jesus's words in the book of Mark. Uh, The great commission. Jesus is, is speaking here in Mark 16, verse 15. And he says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay ha- their hands on the sick and they will recover. So, I mean, uh, there, there's a couple of gifts that we recognize from First Corinthians 12 here. I mean, the gift of tongues, the gift of healing, laying hands on the sick. They will recover. Um, so I, I think they should be uh, a normal part. Of the life of any Christian who believes and who is preaching the gospel. Um I mean, I'll say this like I can have fellowship with any Christian who believes that Jesus is the Son of God and you know, who came in the flesh and lived and died and rose again. Like if if you claim that, like we're we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Like regardless of where you stand on the cessationist versus continuationist debate.
0: In my mind, I, I used to think, you know, these are for like only pastors that have been pastors for a long time or someone that's like super spiritual or like you have to fast to get them to operate or you have to be good enough or if you go to Bible school and have, you know, all these degrees. But that's not any of the qualifications. The qualification is being a christian desiring them being full of the holy spirit and desiring to want to know what they are so um so there was a quote actually that i wanted to read this is by bill johnson who you know of course is the lead pastor out in california and i've been reading that his he has like a devotional he was talking about the miracle of uh just miracles in general, and kind of what they are, and how they're, they're necessary. So this is the quote, it says, just as there are nutrients in food, so every situation and encounter with God comes with nutrients that are necessary to make us strong as representatives of God on this planet. And I was just thinking about the gifts of the spirit when I was reading that, that these are things that God has given us that are make a complete package it's like a a complete meal it's a complete thing that god wants us to have so that we are able to be strong representatives of god on this earth there's things that operate through the gifts of the spirit that we wouldn't know otherwise or we wouldn't be able to do naturally you know the gift of the gifts of healings being able to have special faith you know and we can We'll we'll have to get into those in another episode of exactly what they are and how kind of how they operate, but those are things that are not human, you know, they're superhuman and we need them to be able to represent God well on Absolutely. the earth. Absolutely. It's a it's a pretty vast subject uh, when you start tapping into into the gifts of the spirit and also even just talking about who the Holy Spirit is. And I feel like Now, Ian, I feel more than ever in my workplace and kind of my daily interaction with people, people are ready for it. They don't care. Like people, when I was younger or even maybe first graduated from Bible school, still people, there was kind of like this pushback of, y'all stay over here, we'll stay over here. You know, you're this denomination, I'm that denomination. I'm not a Christian, you aren't. Right now, people are like, If it's real, if it's truth, if it's powerful, if it's going to keep my family safe, like I don't care what it is, we want it, you know, and that spiritual hunger, that hunger for something that's real, that is what's going to allow these things to be in operation more and more. Amen. Well, Ian, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and we will definitely pick this back up. Another time, and thank you for your stories and for your theological words, cessationist and continuationist.
1: (laughs) Yes, important. I feel smarter,
0: but it's good. It's good to have the perspective of, like, you know, you need to know all you can naturally, but then also allow the Holy Spirit to, like, be ready to yield to Him, too. So. If you haven't already checked out the Bible Schooled podcast, it's on Anchor, Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts, and he's in the Google Play Store. Is that what you Uh, advertise it as? Google
1: Google Podcasts, I believe.
0: Google Podcasts, so he's he's going over to the Android world too. So definitely check it out. It will be a blessing to you every, literally every single time I listen to Ian's podcast, I learn something new. I see from something from a different perspective and I will plug this one. If you um, have never listened to his podcast or maybe you have, you know, just listened to a few check out the episode called reclaiming myth. That's still my, my favorite, favorite one, one that I've ever fantastic episode as well. So yeah. I
1: appreciate the plug because I love that episode. It,
0: yeah. So definitely check it out and give him a five star review because every five star review that he gets from my podcast, he gives me five dollars, so that's how that works. <laughs> no, <just> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Ian. And All right. We'll thanks, talk Kara. Soon, okay.